What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. So it would seem there is a bit of Black Monday 2.0 happening today. I've seen videos of lines, like huge lines of people trying to get into banks such as First Republic Bank, Chase Bank, Wells Fargo, B of A. They're all trying to get their money. Some say that their deposits are being held and the bank will not give them access to their funds. Some people are saying that the funds are completely frozen. I'm not exactly sure what's happening. I do see that, you know, bank stocks are dropping in general. And then Let's Go Branding came on the fucking news this morning to assure Americans that our banking system is safe. Just the sole fact this old fucker decided to come out and say that makes me believe even more that there is about to be a fat banking crisis. I'm kind of thinking it's like a Operation Choke Point 2.0. The original one was a U.S. Department of Justice initiative run by the FDIC. And people think it is behind MasterCard, PayPal, and other payment processors banning certain businesses that they don't like, like gun businesses, firework sales, home-based charities, pawn shops, just kind of different businesses the government wants to eradicate and or take over. Now we have Operation Choke Point 2.0. This kind of started as the Biden administration's coordinated effort across virtually every U.S. financial regulator to deny crypto firms access to banking services. It now kind of seems like Operation Choke Point has expanded, and this is kind of like what people are saying is about to go down. They say the government is going to devastate regional banks, venture capital, stable coins, and crypto without any chance of bailouts. The next step, chastise the mentioned entities for being too risky for retail investors and make examples of them which will then lead to the introduction of central bank digital currencies as the, quote, much-needed risk-free alternative. We're just being herded in the same old direction. I really think Kabobo was, like, the start of the plan in action. So they have consolidated money, they've consolidated power, and now we're about to watch the banks fail. So this will be interesting to see what happens, but like I said... I've seen hella videos today of crazy lines where people are trying to get their money out of the banks. People are saying their money is missing. I posted these videos up on my Instagram page at Vanished Athena. So if you like to see it, go take a look. It's fucking very disheartening though. Now, I need to talk about that little short fucker Fauci for a minute. This fucking guy. He's defending his handling of the pandemic and he says all of us who are calling for his arrest are quote, insane. This little short fucker, let's call him the troll boy, this little troll fuck went on CNN and did an interview with Jim Acosta. Fauci claimed that he and his family are still receiving death threats. Good. Haha, you deserve it. Due to his response to the 2020 pandemic, even though he's stepping down from his role as director of the NIAID months ago. So apparently at some point, fucking Acosta, fake ass shitty journalist, Asked Fauci about Elon Musk's December tweet, which basically said, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. And little troll boy said, there's no response to that craziness, Jim. 
prosecute me for what? What are they talking about? I wish I could figure out what the heck they're talking about. I think they're just going off the deep end. It's like, really, you short little troll boy? You have no fucking clue why people might want to execute your ass? I mean, I, I remember you fucking lying to people saying masks would stop transmission, flip-flopping on that a few fucking times. I've seen your fucking emails. I've seen how you paid off other scientists to say that the lab leak was just a crazy conspiracy theory. And once they did that, you would give a million dollars in grants. I also remember you saying that the fucking death clot shot would be safe and effective. That it would make it so you wouldn't be hospitalized or die from a kabobo. When, as we all see and know now, those fucking shots are straight up killing people. They fucking didn't even study these shots on pregnant women. They're like, oh, we don't need to do that uh, because the ones that happen to get pregnant, we have a 90% spontaneous abortion rate. So let's just cover that shit up. And then they go and fucking recommend pregnant women to get these shots with no data backing that up. And they are still doing this. And this short little fucker cannot figure out why people want to fucking string him up from a tree. Get the fuck out of here. You can look in Fauci's past and see how bad he fucked people over with the HIV AIDS epidemic, with the avian flu, Ebola. This motherfucker has killed hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people with remdesivir, his dangerous ass vaccinations, AZT. He's got a terrible track record of killing people and getting paid a lot of money from Big Pharma to kill these people. Absolutely astonishing. This fool has not been brought up in charges of crimes against humanity. But this little short motherfucker, he's very well connected. And I would be absolutely surprised if anything ever happens to this fucker. We can hope and wish though, right? And while we're fucking charging people with murder and crimes against humanity, every single doctor and nurse that towed the line and were complicit in the biggest fraud and deception in the history of humans, all those little bitches need to be charged too. They fucking sit there and do their lame-ass dances because, like, they're totally overwhelmed, so overwhelmed that they have time to do choreographed motherfucking dances. They force children to wear masks, where studies show that the carbon dioxide levels are getting dangerously high. And you know that has to affect a developing brain. So it's fucking hurting them. It never stopped transmission. But these people, these healthcare motherfuckers who all should have known better, towed the line for money. So back to kind of what I was talking about before with all these banks getting all fucked up. The four biggest U.S. banks have lost $47 billion in market value over the last few days. Citigroup, J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and Bank of America. It's absolutely astonishing looking at how quickly these robber baron institutions have dropped in the stock market recently. And I guess it, it could be a signal of what's to come. So hopefully you guys are ready or as ready as you can be when some shit like this goes down. It's change of subject time. So the next part of the podcast may be hard for some people to listen to. So you definitely have to wear your big boy, big girl panties. Because we are going to be talking about North Fox Island, which is located in Michigan. 
So what I'm about to tell you guys basically focuses on the events surrounding the North Fox Island Pedophile Network. And just slight background, it was a Michigan-based child pornography ring uncovered in the mid-70s with its base of operation on a private island belonging to an old money scion named Francis Sheldon. And he was suspected of financing snuff films with some of these children. So I know some people are like, oh, this was so long ago. This was the 70s. This couldn't happen now. Motherfuckers, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, had a goddamn island and a plane that he would fly people out to to have them engage in raping minors and taking pictures to get blackmail money. So I don't want to fucking hear any bullshit about how this is in the past. This doesn't go on anymore because it absolutely does go on. It happened in the past. It's happening right now, and it will continue to happen in the future. We need to go back to July of 1976 in the city of Port Huron, Michigan. There was a man named Gerald Richards who had gotten arrested after a mother had gone into the police station and told them that Richard had molested her son on a camping trip. On the 12th of July, Richards had taken four of his students because he was like a coach or some shit like that, like a gym teacher. So he had taken four of his students to meet another man who'd flown them in to this private island, North Fox Island, on his private plane. Once these kids got to the island, they spent two nights lodged in a bungalow facility of Brother St. Paul's Summer Camp for Boys. After this little camping trip, One of the kids told his mother that Richard and this other man had performed sex acts on him and taken photographs of him naked. So the mom went to the Michigan police on July 15th. The Michigan police started a week-long investigation into the accusations this mom had made. So the boys' claims actually were corroborated through interviews with other people that were, I guess, at the bungalows. The police arrested Richards in his car on the 23rd of July. Now check this shit out. When they searched this little fucking disgusting piece of shit pedophile's car, they found two envelopes. One contained naked pictures of the boys taken on North Fox Island. In the other, there was a letter addressed to a quote, Frank Sheldon. In this letter, it warned him to quote, watch his files and mail and to check his files and get all stuff to North Fox Island. Of course, this disgusting coward pedophile rolled over on the other disgusting pedophiles. In exchange for partial immunity, Richards gave the investigators the names of two other men who he said were the main figures in a child exploitation ring. And he claimed that, you know, he he wasn't as guilty as these other guys. He was just kind of bringing the fucking victims to the island to meet these perverts. So the two other guys that Richard named were Francis Sheldon and Dyer Grossman. The authorities were actually kind of shocked when Francis Sheldon's name came up in this investigation because he belonged to a well-established old money family in the state of Michigan. On his father's side, his great-grandfather had been the Michigan governor and Senator Russell A. Alger, who had also been United States Secretary of War from 1897 to 1899. His mother's side also came from money, but where that money exactly came from is not exactly clear. No one really fucking knows. Due to the fact that Sheldon was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, he was basically able to lead a life of philanthropy 
and he seemed to always kind of be involved in youth charities or stuff to help out children. Sheldon also served on the board of the Cranbrook Institute, which was a private arts academy and boarding school. Now check this out. The centerpiece of the academy's campus had a huge fountain sculpture called Orpheus Fountain. And if you're not familiar with Greek mythology, Orpheus was commonly associated with the arts, but, but also pederasty. And if you're not sure what that means, it just means older men fucking boys. But somehow they think the boys, it's like a positive relationship the young children are going to gain from. Like, get the fuck out of here, perverts. Interestingly enough, Sheldon was also on the board of Boys Republic, which was another boarding school for delinquent boys, funded by the General Motors charity, United Foundation. In keeping with this theme, he also volunteered his time to the local Big Brother program. Now, all this shit should have been huge red flags, like why is this old fucking rich dude keep hanging around young boys? Open your eyes, 1970s, these predators are everywhere. According to Richards, the first pervert that got arrested and then flipped on his pervert buddies, he states he met Sheldon through an advertisement placed for his, quote, magic show in an underground pedophile newsletter called Better Life Monthly, abbreviated to BLM, or Boy Lover Monthly. No shit, you guys, no fucking shit. Sheldon had become a prolific writer under the pen name Frank Tory. He stated that the magic show was really a coded message Richards used to exchange his 12-year-old magic assistant for boys groomed by other pedophiles in the Michigan area. So they were just swapping young children and they used this newsletter to make that happen. After these two perverts corresponded through this disgusting newsletter, they decided to meet up in a hotel room and Sheldon's Ann Arbor mansion to use the boys they'd groom for sex and pornography. Basically, their relationship progressed through these activities. Sheldon had mentioned North Fox Island to Richards and his plan to start a summer camp there for boys he wanted Richards to head. It's just, it's so fucking evil and demonic. It's, ugh, God. And don't worry, it gets a lot, a whole lot fucking worse. Apparently, Sheldon then hooked Richards up with Dyer Grossman, who was a fake reverend for the fake church called Church of the New Revelation. Grossman belonged to a wealthy Long Island family and worked as a teacher at an exclusive boarding school for boys in New York. Pervert number one meets with pervert number three, and they decide to drop a charter, which allowed the camp to derive religious charity nonprofit status by virtue of being a subsidiary of Grossman's Church in New Jersey. Now, this church never fucking existed. It was just on paper, and it was just created so they could use it as a cover for their disgusting pedophile ring. No one is exactly sure of the timeline of all of this shit going down, but there was a news article in 1970 that indicate Richards had been using an organization called Brother Paul's as a child porn front for at least six years, long before it had been incorporated into North Fox Island summer camp in 1974. Now, I know that was like a long drawn out explanation, but you need to really kind of have an understanding of who these disgusting fuckers are how they met, and how this all began. 
During the Michigan police's investigation into these disgusting fuckers, they actually were led overseas. And it connected them to high-level UK VIP pedophile ring network called Spartacus. That network, in turn, was linked to a snuff film operation in Amsterdam during the early 90s, which was also associated with a broader child murder network linked to the Belgian serial killer, Mark Dutroux. So there are so many different rabbit holes you could go down with this case, but I'm just going to kind of give you the broad facts and kind of like wrap it up for you guys so you see what happens, so you see how rich people never get prosecuted. Shocker, I know. But it's just, I think it's important people know about this because this shit goes on all the time. We just don't usually hear about it until decades later. Or, you know, in the case of Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, I'm assuming he pissed off his fucking spy masters and that's why he was outed. But who fucking knows? So after Richards turned on his pedophile buddy, Francis Sheldon, Sheldon decided to leave Michigan in 1976. The district attorney buried Sheldon's arrest warrant in the bottom of their paperwork, providing him four months to get his affairs in order before fleeing to Amsterdam to become a naturalized Dutch citizen protected from extradition. No shit, you guys. The DA warned this motherfucker what was happening. He sat on the arrest warrant and he let this dirty pedophile get away. Makes me wonder what kind of pictures, what kind of blackmail material they had on that district attorney. Once Sheldon gets to Amsterdam, he starts a newsletter called Pan, P-A-N, a magazine about boy love under the pen name Frank Tory the same alias he used in North American newsletter, Better Life Monthly, a.k.a. Boy Lovers Monthly. Just like example after example of these disgusting fuckers never being stopped until they're executed. They'll run and they'll keep abusing children until they're forced to stop. Interestingly enough, the first volume of Pan was published by Spartacus International in 1979. This was a publishing house owned by another fugitive pedophile named John Stamford, who'd fled to Amsterdam from the UK under similar circumstances in 1972 after being charged with sending obscene materials through the mail. So look, another fucking high-level pedophile gets busted, but somehow he's able to skip town and go to Amsterdam. Through the 70s and the 80s, Stamford had operated a child sex tourism business from Amsterdam called Club Spartacus under the guise of a homosexual travel guide. This was exposed in the British press during the mid-1980s and led to a raid of Stamford's estate on the outskirts of Amsterdam and the discovery there of copious amounts of child exploitation material. So to avoid arrest, Stamford crossed Germany after transferring control of Spartacus International over to a German publisher called Bruno Grumomunder Verlag. I have no idea if I said that right, and I don't give a fuck. Anyway, he'd then fallen under investigation of German authorities and fled to Belgium. Around 1994, he was finally arrested on miscellaneous child sex trafficking charges, and he was tried in 1995. According to an article in a German tabloid, it said, quote, Chief Detective Kurt Richer from the Vice Squad says, It's possible that Stanford is hanging around in Berlin, but we don't know exactly where yet. Stanford describes himself as the king of a dirty business. 
He fled to Berlin after the police confiscated 16 boxes of child exploitation material and 25,000 customer addresses from his villa near Amsterdam. Scotland Yard has a terrible suspicion. Stamford filmed 20 boys dying after sex orgies in England. On these perverse films, after the children had been repeatedly raped by men, they had been suffocated and strangled. The videos sold for around 1,500 Deutschmarks per strip to particularly good customers. So it's, it's not like, you know, nobody had any fucking clue what these perverts were doing. They were investigated for years. The DA in Michigan let this other fucker go. And somehow Amsterdam seems to be a mecca for fucking perverts. And don't get me wrong, I like the Netherlands. It's fucking beautiful. But they got a really shitty track record of protecting children. I think they're the number one exporter of child exploitation material on the internet. No shit, look it up. Now that we have kind of a background of the American players and the international players that were all connected through their fucking love of torturing boys, let's move it back to North Fox Island. Five days after Richards is arrested, detectives contacted the district attorney, Deegan, and wanted a search warrant for Sheldon's Ann Arbor estate. Deegan attempted to delay this request until after Richard's first court appearance. However, these badass detectives went around him and obtained it through a different deputy prosecutor. The search warrant was executed the following day. The search warrant didn't turn anything up except emptied filing cabinets. It turned out that Sheldon had learned of Richard's arrest beforehand and cleared the place out. And I'm sure Deegan had something to do with that. A few days later, on the 2nd of August, Deegan deferred the first request for an arrest warrant for Francis Sheldon. In early September, Deegan also delayed the arrest warrant requests for both Sheldon and Dyer Grossman. Another one for Dyer Grossman was deferred to the 27th, Deegan's office citing workload issues. Then check this out, you guys. On October 8th, investigators learned that Deegan's office had in fact closed the case complaints made against Shelton and Grossman, quote unquote, in error. Like, get the fuck out of here. I guarantee you there were some fucking films or pictures of this disgusting Deegan motherfucker raping children. Fast forward to December 7th. They finally got arrest warrants for both men. That's four months after the investigation had started and only days before a story broke about North Fox Island in the press. In the days following the public scandalization of the case, a teenage boy Francis Sheldon had known since age nine died in what was reported as a suicide. Uh-huh. Or suicide did. On December 11th, Traverse City Record Eagle, which is like a newspaper, had an investigative journalist named Marilyn Wright, who had been following the case for months through her police contacts. Well, she had learned that Brothers St. Paul's Mission Camp had been incorporated as a nonprofit charity to provide temporary lodging and mentorship to juvenile delinquents. And it had been linked to other organizations. One of these organizations was called the Ocean Living Society. This organization sounds very, very similar to Ghislaine Maxwell's Terramar. Apparently, the organizations used mailing lists to elicit donations 
from charity sponsors who would in return be mailed child exploitation material featuring boys housed in these programs. And in some instances, these fucking disgusting sponsor pedophiles could arrange visits with the boys featured in the material. These two mailing lists had been advertised in two underground child exploitation newsletter, the BLM and the Hermes, of which Francis Sheldon had been involved with as both a writer and the financier. The detectives learned that Gerald Richards had actually been the one processing this child exploitation material, and it was sent to him from a third-party organization linked to the Church of the New Revelation. They found photonegatives and 8mm film, which had been mailed to him from a place in Monteagle, Tennessee, called Father Bud's Boy's Farm. Ugh. Once Richard would get this material, he would make copies of it and then forward it to another service located in North Carolina called Mail-O-Matic. Apparently, Richards also mentioned a distribution company in California as a part of this pedophile pipeline, and it was called FNS Distributions. He said it belonged to Guy Strait. The child pornographer partnered with William Bears Jr. in the Dom Lyric Ring, linked to John Norman in Dallas. So there's so many other connections and links to other disgusting pedophiles in the country and internationally that I'm not going to try to explain all the connections. Just know that these disgusting fuckers were all across the country and the world, and they were all working together to make this disgusting material to rape children, and then make snuff films. In 1976, that disgusting Bud's Boy Farm was branded a national porno hub. And this is according to the Detroit Free Press. There are police records, there are old articles and newspapers that all corroborate what I'm saying. This is not some nutcase conspiracy theory. This shit actually went down. I actually have a lot of copies of the police reports from this investigation. I'm going to can link it on the show notes. So if you guys want to go and see what was going on, according to official police investigation reports, you can go check it out. But make sure you bring some fucking eye and brain bleach for afterwards. It's terrible. It's fucking horrific. You could also look up Marilyn Wrights, that's W-R-I-G-H-T. She did hell of articles diving super deep into this entire case. And it's basically articles that go over many years. Because after these nasty-ass motherfuckers fled to Amsterdam, the Michigan police couldn't extradite them. Thanks, Netherlands. I hope you've updated your extradition policies for predator pedophiles. Fast forward to 1992 and 1993. Scotland Yard and Dutch authorities launched a joint investigation into a group of foreign British nationals in Amsterdam suspected of trafficking in snuff films. This investigation was known as Operation Framework. In response to an FBI information status request on Francis Sheldon in the 90s, Dutch authorities reported he and a foreign British national named Kim Tam Eng had been named in a 1993 investigation into an Amsterdam child exploitation ring. Both Sheldon and his foreign British national, which had been named by the informant back in Michigan, who claimed a boy had been killed in a snuff film financed by Sheldon's network. So eventually, these disgusting pedophiles do get arrested. The British one, John Stanford, 
had a trial in 1995. But of course, the trial came to an abrupt end in December 1995 after Stramford, quote unquote, died of a heart attack. I don't know if I'm buying that at all, you know? Now check this out. This is just another big old coinkydink. Some months later, Francis Sheldon died too in September 1996. A month prior to his death, it was reported Belgian authorities had been looking into a possible connection between the Spartacus network and one link to Belgian serial killer Marc Dutroux. Now, those two deaths kind of have something in common, or at least remind me of how Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. We get these fucking disgusting pedophiles with connections to the rich and powerful. We get them arrested, and then we don't want a trial, because then we would have to out some politicians and rich businessmen. So let's just kill the fucking pedophile who is arrested. Same old fucking playbook. Just keep repeating. <laughs> Wash, rinse, repeat. Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. I think that's about all of the fucking talk I can muster about these disgusting pedophiles. Just make no mistake, the American rich pedophile Sheldon was protected, as was his British counterpart, Stamford, because that whole case involved extremely high-up politicians, snuff films, child exploitation material, and it is believed that MI5 covered up this entire scandal because they didn't want their fucking MPs to be embarrassed as being outed as fucking pedophiles and murderers. Thanks, MI5. Love it. The whole British side of this story would take a whole ass another podcast. It just, it involves the Elm House, it involves MPs, and it involves victims being discounted by the authorities who are supposed to be protecting them. They were discounted for decades. I may do a whole other episode on the Elm House and the connections to these American fucking pieces of shit, but as for pedophile shit, that's all I can handle for one episode because I'm running out of eye bleach. Like I said earlier, I'm going to put links in the show notes to the police reports, and I will see if I can get a link up of Mary Wright's articles, or at least one, and then you guys can search for it yourself. But like I said, this shit is not a conspiracy theory. There are police reports. There is evidence that these powerful, rich pedophiles were allowed to operate in the United States with impunity. There is ample evidence to show that these perverts were protected by our district attorneys. So, I mean, is it really that far-fetched to think this shit isn't happening right now as you sit here and listen to this episode? Because it most certainly is. Just because Jeffrey Epstein got busted doesn't mean there aren't dozens or even hundreds of other pedophile rings being run by the rich and powerful and the well-connected. As you guys know, I don't like leaving the episode on a horribly fucking depressing note. So here is a bit of good news that came out on March 10th. On the 10th, U.S. Congressman Rick W. Allen voted to pass S-619, the COVID-19 Origin Act. This bill would require the Biden administration to declassify any information relating to potential links between the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the origins of COVID-19. Upon the bill's passage, Congressman Allen made the following statement, quote, For the past three years, Washington Democrats and the mainstream media have attacked anyone who dared to question the official narrative on COVID's origins. 
by accusing them of spreading misinformation. He went on to say, now we have the intelligence community saying what many Americans figured out a long time ago, that COVID-19 most likely came from that very lab. Well, hopefully this shit passes and hopefully they release that, but I'm not going to hold my breath, but it would be great if that happened. So we'll see. Time will tell. Before I get out of here, I have to say what's up to our top three downloading states, which are Wyoming, Texas, and California. What's up, Wyoming? You guys fucking came out of nowhere and just booted Texas and California out of the first place spot. That's what's up. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate it. As far as our international peeps, we have the UK, Canada, Australia, and Mexico. If you guys want any of the documents I talk about or you have a rabbit hole I should explore, hit me up at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or try my Reddit sub r slash vanishedinthevalley. Or you could even try my Instagram account at vanishedathena, but good fucking luck on that one. So until next week, you guys, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.